Hello, Watford fans. Before the podcast starts, can I just point out, it was quite windy at Vicarage Road yesterday, and the wind might have interfered slightly with our microphone. But not with our analysis of the Watford game. Here we go. Welcome to From the Recruiting. My name is John. Uh, with me, uh, post Watford 1, Wolves 2, uh, is Jordy. Hello there. Uh, Mike. Hey there. And running up to it is Michael Parkinson. Hi. <laughs> we'll get to Arlo a bit later on. We've played Wolves before, Michael. Um, we've beaten them before. I don't know if you remember this. We've beaten them in the FA Cup semi final because we were off to Wembley. For you, what was that game in terms of what you. The pressure was put on, the talk was we need to win this game, we need to do this because this is the only way we're going to you know, get seventh place. Was it the game you thought it was going to be with all that build-up from the semi-final and the build-up because of seventh place? So it was an important game and it was a big game and we did need to win it, I think, if we were going to certainly not lose it, if we were going to finish seventh in the, uh, seventh in the table. So there's no point dressing it up. It was, that's, that was our chance. Um, and again, I think, as we did on Tuesday, we've, we've fluffed our lines, really, to be honest. We've come up short um, and it looks like seventh place is going to be very, very difficult to achieve now. In terms of the game, how did it pan out? I thought it was it was like a sparring match, wasn't yeah. it, for, for long periods of that first half. Very um, very um, sort of standoffish from both sides, not, not, not many chances created by either side. Foster not really worked, Wolves keeper not really worked. So it didn't really burst into life as I, as I perhaps expected it to. Wolves fans weren't as vociferous as I thought. Watford, you know, it, was, it just all felt a little bit... Flat's not the right word, but a little bit sort of after I was, the I was, going, to go, I was going to go more chess-like then I was going to go more boxing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah. know, there was a bit, a bit of thinking, a bit of caution in things. Wolves got their, their goal, Geordie. Uh, it wasn't surprising, but it wasn't, like it said, wasn't necessarily the, the thing that they deserved. No, it, I mean, it's funny, because if you, if you frame today's game as being the, the, the one that puts you in the driving seat for, for seventh place... And then the last time we played them was 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 equivalent, really, a semi-final. Basically, whoever won it would get the prize. And the, the fanfare and excitement and the the occasion and the everything that was the semi-final today it just, it just felt flat. You know, it just yeah. it didn't. You know, there was a few chants from Wolves, but they kind of chanted. Well, they haven't learned their lesson about chanting when they're ahead. But you know, <laughs> today it worked out okay for them. But it, it wasn't. It was. I mean, it's it's a it's a cold day, and it was. You could see the rain kind of horizontal on the coming down and it just felt like no one really wanted to be there I mean we've got a, quite a Latin team they're mainly Portuguese it's just like <laughs> it was like dude just, just get through it you know and, and, and it wasn't no, no one really grabbed the game by the horns um, Wolves are, are a good team uh, you know the fact that they beat us once and it was on our turf isn't that surprising because they do well against the bigger teams when they're the, when they're the underdog and they're good at we should take it as a compliment that Wolves beat us. They only beat, they only beat decent sides. But I think just leading up to the goal, I think there's, we're, at, we're at the stage of the season where it's fine margins, I think. Yeah. Will Hughes, I'm not quite sure how close to, to, to them scoring it was, but he had an opportunity, he had that header. Yeah. Where I think it came at him quite quickly and yeah. it went over, but it was, a, it was a decent chance, certainly our best chance up until that point. And then it feels like, you know, my, my memory of, of time is... is um, it's a bit fluid um, but uh, they scored soon after and the frustrating thing was 
Pereira had a really good opportunity to get that ball away, clear the danger, and he sort of, you know, Roberto Pereira is not a defensive player, so I'm not going to bail him, you know, to be too hard on him, but he had a real good opportunity, clear your lines, and that goal never happens, and that's kind of where we're at, yeah. you know. It's really it's fine margins at this stage of the season. You either grasp it and deal with it, or, the, or you don't. Um, the second goal, I'm jumping all over the place, was a really, really good ball, probably the, 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 the biggest bit of quality in the entire game. Absolutely. It made Ben at the time. I was like, "Oh, Ben, what are you doing?" But if he'd have come for it, he'd have lost it. If he'd have stayed, he would have even scored anyway. So it was just undone by that bit of quality, and I think that was probably the difference. Wolves had that extra little bit that we didn't. Um, so yeah, just jumping jump back to the first half, I thought they probably shaded it. Um, the goal was it coming? I'm not sure. Frustrating that we could have gone ahead, and then ultimately we didn't. We didn't clear our lines. So mm. it just uh, it just feels. The game doesn't feel a bit flat. I just feel post semi, everything's been a bit sort of, I don't know, a bit, a bit odd, really, a bit peculiar, a bit unsatisfactory in a lot of ways. It started off, you know, the first five minutes and since, since the first five minutes of Arsenal, it feels like someone stuck a big pin in us. Let's talk about that when we finish talking about this game. We did, we did score a goal, uh, Geordie, uh, and it, it, it came after a lot of pressure from from Watford, um, and uh, Jerry almost fluffed his line there. But thank goodness for uh, for Andre, Andre. Absolutely, Ole Andre. Uh, it was kind of a centre forwards goal in a way. It was kind of he picked up. He's in the right place. It's a kick into the empty net, and, that, and that's as good as a, a thirty-yard screamer. And Mike's right. I mean, it is fine margins. And earlier in the season, maybe some of those coins landed with the Watford badge facing up. And at the moment, they're coming with the Watford badge facing down. If we, if we were losing six 0 like we do when we play against City and Liverpool, then you'd say, you know, it, we're getting we're getting beat. You know, we've 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 lost today a tight game. We've lost um, a game that we again gave gifted a goal and then played ten men for most of it. And we and we rescued a point in the last minute. You know, so it's not like we've kind of given up. You know, we've come from behind in, in two of these games. The disappointing thing is, you know, we've gone behind in all three of them. And I think that that is probably whether it's a lack of concentration, whether that's just you know just basically pot luck that you know in some games you'll go ahead, some games you'll go behind, but. It just, it, it, I guess, I don't know if it's coincidence that it's happened since the semi-final. I don't know if it's coincidence that it's happened when we've, you know, have been shorn of our captain, who is the only, probably the only player in the squad who is irreplaceable in what he offers on the pitch from a physical point of view in that position. It might just be, it might just be coincidence. You know, we could, we could go back and play three games again and get and get seven points out of them. But it is, it is frustrating. It's probably frustrating because we stood by a kind of really cold <laughs> corner shot. If it was, if it was sunny and there's like a beer garden waiting for us, we'd probably be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? But you know, I think the second half, I think the early second half performance was really encouraging. I thought yeah. you wanted to see a, a response, and the goal that did feel like it was coming. I think there was a, the wind was going that way a little bit, so that made it difficult to defend the the rookery end this, this afternoon. And I think that that goal was the culmination of some hard-earned pressure and getting back into it. It really silenced the Wolves fans, and Wolves sort of looked a bit stunned that they were they were back level. And he thought, right, game on, here we go, we can we can build again. And we did, I thought, build up ahead of a ahead of steam without necessarily forging out too many clear-cut opportunities. There was lots of you know nice neat movement and flicks and tricks and passes that didn't quite come off. And I think Geordie's point is a fair one. It's, it's always good to look at the whole thing in you know helicopter view of the season. Sometimes we've had a bit of luck earlier in the season and and, and got away with one and this little run of games we haven't and but what I felt was in the second half was I'm not sure whether Will Hughes just run himself to a standstill mm. whether they're worried about him getting sent off but taking Hughes off and switching to what looked like a back five with with Cabaselli that that halted our momentum almost yeah. immediately and that's where Wolves thought right okay 
let, let's attack this sort of well, this new. He, so for my mind, he went. He did. He went to back five, and took off Will. But then he put on success. So it wasn't. It was two substitutes that over the two substitutes it was like for like. Yeah, but, but it wasn't like for like at the wrong moment. I, th- I think um, Cathcart was definitely injured. He felt he, his either his calf or his hamstring. He pulled up and tried to and tried to carry on for a couple of minutes, but ultimately they had to they had to get him off in the end. But I think the the relevance of the the, the for me the Cabaselli one was where the game changed. Yeah. That's where our impetus, that's where our head of steam evaporated and it, it never really felt like we were going to get back into the game after that really we had we had plenty of possession I thought Kapu was was brilliant again I thought um, Decore struggled I think I don't know I don't feel like we're seeing 100% of Abdullah Decore at the moment we're not getting that all action box to box swashbuckling performance that, that we've been we've been used to over the last over the last couple of seasons and I think when you know Geordie alluded to it, we're missing Troy. I think when you are missing someone like that, a big, a big physical presence, a big verbal presence, um, you need someone else to, to step up. And I thought Capu did. How many of the other guys did is is questionable. And we looked not we didn't look lost, but we looked we certainly looked a worse team without him him on the pitch. So why though? Is it purely because that physical side? Is there something else, Geordie, that he? he adds it can't just be because he shouts at them and he's vocal to the team they're professional footballers they they all have motivations that isn't the one thing the only thing that's going to make them play better because Troy's having a go at us yeah I think you know one of the beauties of football as a team sport is that anybody can play in any position you know at any point in the game you know your centre forward as we've seen occasionally can chase back to right back or left back or can clear one off the line and your centre your left back can score a goal so I think it's it's what does it's not just him shouting at the team I think there's lots of things. If you look at who we've got up front with Andre Gray and, and Jerry, as I kind of said at half-time, we don't have a physical presence up front. Andre Gray plays better with Troy because Troy's doing all the, all the, all the physical stuff and, and Andre's picking up the scraps and basically hopes, occasionally we hope his instincts will put him in the right place and it will combine with a finish that will score us a goal. I think with De La Feu and Gray up front, they're not necessarily a natural strike partnership team you know the way that De La Feu plays isn't necessarily complementary and the way Gray plays isn't complementary with Jerry I think the other problem is it highlights issues in our defence um, you know if you look at the way Javi likes to play it's if we can't get the ball forward with a good confidence it's going to stick we go back and we move it and we shift it and in the last couple of games I've noticed that teams have allowed our centre-backs the time and said go on then Beckenbauer bring it out and, and they can't and so they, then Capu has to drop or Dakuri has to drop or Pereira has to go and pick up off them and so the other team just then oh, we've got 10 men behind the ball and you've got your two centre-backs and one of your midfielders in front of us so you're outnumbered so you can't break through and so then we look for the long ball and, and then you look at, you look 30 yards ahead and you've got De La Feu and Gray and it's like well I can't pump up to them because it's going to come straight back and it just, it just erodes any kind of urgency uh, and any kind of, kind of impetus we have and I think I think that's that's what we lose when we don't have Troy. I think I think it highlights other weaknesses. I remember with Helgerson, we almost played better sometimes without him because we were a championship team. Again, players were much more limited than what we've got now. But they knew if they punted it to him, he would make it look like a decent ball, <laughs> um, and he might even win it and get and get possession, you know, thirty yards up the pitch and bypass midfield. And it made us a worse team because. It, we were reliant on him and when we didn't have him the, def- the defenders had to well the team had to pass it better and I, I, it's the opposite with Troy I think you know when we don't have him we don't quite have the nous 
to, to cut through teams uh, or, or the fluidity. And we've got the individual players, but I don't think they all sit together. And I think, you know, I know the, the Watford way is to, you know, to put Sos and Scott go by players and then the, the head coach, if he wants to keep his job, makes them build a team out of it. I think I think we we need a ball playing centre back. I think I think that's you know defensively there's issues with our defence, but I think in in the way he wants us to play or the way he's got us playing at the moment, that is too, a too easy way of stopping us. It, you know, Cathcart does what he can. Cabaselli doesn't really bring it out. Mariapa has never been a, no. a, a, a player to bring the ball out, and that confidence to thread the ball through to midfielder through a crowd of players, 20, 25 yards. We don't have that confidence, and so it just goes left and right, left and right, and that's not. I don't think because we're trying to kill the game, it's because we can't find the out ball. And, and so that, I think, needs work. I think the other thing that we miss with Troy, he is, he is a genuine captain. and not Maybe old school captain is, is, is underplaying it a little bit, but I think he keeps those players honest. I think he keeps them going until 90-plus minutes. They know they're not going to get away with it with him on the pitch. He's, they look to him. They look to him. It's, but the other night against Southampton, they kept going to ninety minutes with, yeah, without him on the pitch. They did, but we don't look the same team, and and parts of it aren't. You know, George's done a good job of uh, quantifying it there, but part of it isn't. We just feel a little bit less taut, a little less um, complete. And you know, he keeps the players honest. He works incredibly hard. He he can talk, talk to the ref. He lets them know, and he does it usually with a bit of sense of humour and um, you know that sort of laddish style of his and. That captain's role, I don't think we've really found anyone who can fill it to, to the way that, that Troy does. And he, we, look a, we, look a, we look a worse side by, by quite a distance. It also, is, it also feels to me like the, the bench just seems to lack a something, yeah. uh, another options coming off that bench. Yes, Isaac could be a great player, but he doesn't play enough. You know, he doesn't feel like, well, here we go, here's the next level. Which, you know, when we talked about the FA Cup semi-final, yeah, the beginning of the podcast, Colin said, I can't really see De La Faye doing much coming off the bench. But imagine him coming off the bench. He's completely different. Him or De or Andre come off the bench, that's miles ahead than Isaac coming off the bench. I think, I think the, in, in success's defence is that he hasn't had a real run. And, you know, last season we were talking about Andre Gray and, like, or, you know, we need a striker to replace him. He's not good. And as I said before, he's, he's, had, a, he's had more of a chance of a run and he's taken it, even if it has been with cameos off the bench initially. I don't think Isaac's success has had that. And I don't think he's necessarily the goal scorer um, that Andre Gray is so Andre Gray comes off the bench he scores a goal and you beat Everton or you beat Leicester or you get whatever you notice he's made an impact I think our success is more of a physical presence um, and so if he comes off the bench it's hard to unless he's running around or getting everyone cheering because he's closed someone down like Troy might it's difficult to see that he's made a difference and I think he needs a run my question is whether he'll get it at Watford mm, will he get it at Watford uh, well anyway that's that game done and dusted with. Two to go. Well, sorry, three to go. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans. From the rookery end. Welcome, Michael Parkinson. With me is Arlo. Hello. We're in the Hornet shop, Arlo, after the game. Out of all the things in here for the FA Cup, what do you think is the best piece of memorabilia? There's a hoodie that I really like. So why do you like that hoodie then? Because it has the jagged part, because I like the jagged parts on my tracksuit bottoms. It has a Watford bat. But it isn't a big foam hand. Do you not want a big foam hand? Yeah, I have one though. Thank you much, Arlo. Bye. (laughs) 
joined now by Geordie. Hello. And Colin. Good afternoon. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's that time of year, boys. The, the vote for player of the season comes up. And, you know, we've had a chat on our WhatsApp group and uh, it pretty much come down to three for us. Yes, there are players who have had done something this year where you are considering them. But the, the three we've sort of come down to are, are Ben Foster in goal, Hoda Holobas and Etienne Capoue. And actually, the, the, the thing I think the, the, the biggest thread for me across all those three, the key word, and it, it is more like the most important word for Watford, is improvement. That's what our whole season has been based on. But Jordy, Ben Foster, came this summer, has had a massive impact, and, and for a while there, he was going to be, for the first half of the season at least, you know, the man who was going to be player of the season. I don't think Ben, if he's not player of the season, it's due to anything he's done badly he hasn't I mean obviously the game against Arsenal it happens to you know outfield players make mistakes and they get covered goalie makes mistake it leads to a goal I don't, I don't think um, I don't think him not winning it would be down to like I say to, that to his, his failures he's, he's been he's been fantastic he's big boots to follow or big gloves to follow in, uh, in Gomez but he has been a step up to the point where we, we were discussing for the cup do we stick with Gomez or do we Stick with a better goalie in Foster. Um, he's pulled off some amazing saves. I think he's he's won us as probably as many points as any player on the pitch with his with his interventions. Uh, and uh, he, he he plays out well. You know he's uh, he's got a good 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 distribution. I think it, goalies are just about the stops. It's about the organisation of the defence. And I think I think that's been a step up. And I think you know when you look at the other players who are nominated, someone like Holobas. Uh, someone like Kapu, they're not attacking players necessarily, and I think it all starts with the goalie. So I think Ben Foster is certainly a legitimate shout for the player of the season. Mr. Holobas ah. is another one, and again, a massive player who's just improved not only in his footballing and his impact on the game, but his ability to, to move his mouth into a smile. Are you talking about the man I love? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jose Holobas has improved massively under Javi Grazia. I know he had a bit of a difficult start to his Watford career because he came and he didn't really know he was coming and didn't really want to come and then Kike just wouldn't pick him. Despite the fact he was an international, he played Nathan Ake, who was frankly a centre-back or a defensive midfielder, but he just loved him and played him at left-back pretty much the whole season. And I, I, I was surprised he stayed. But then under Mazzari, um, under Silva, and now under Javi, particularly under Javi, he's really... I think the club had to prove to him that we were worth having him. And I know that sounds odd, but yeah. when you're a player that's played for Olympiacos, you played for Roma, you played Champions League football, you come to a club the size of Watford, the club's got to prove that it has the same ambition that he has. And I think that Javi really brought that to him and said, look, this is a project I believe in. I want us to get to an FA Cup final. I want us to challenge for the Europa League. I want you to be a part of that. And he's definitely bought into the project. And although he has, he still gets as many bookings, I think he's got the most bookings in the last four years of any player in the Premier League. I think it's 35. Even though he's been suspended a fair amount this season, obviously, um, when he plays, we just look better. And Adam Messina is a really good player, and I think we'll become an even better player, but he ain't Jose. And, and Jose has this... He's a leader on the pitch, and, and it's important to have more than one. We have Troy, obviously. Um, I think you can you make a shout for other people, but he really is. I mean, he was this afternoon uh, in the first half absolutely yelling at Cathcart for not covering him, not getting across. Uh, and that's what you need. And, and left-backs are a bit like that. We've had a few nutty... I mean, all left-backs are bad, aren't they? <laughs> but uh, we've had a few uh, ourselves. But he's... Um, yeah, I, I just I love him, but I think his his performances have been really consistent. He's also got I think the most assists of any defender in the Premier League. So even though he complain about his delivery sometimes, he has got four or five assists from dead balls, and uh, and that that is a threat that, that 
that makes him very valuable to the team. Also, wingers don't like playing against him. They don't because he'll leave something on you if, if you you know if you wind him up and he gets he doesn't care about getting a yellow card. He'll take one and they don't like it and they won't try and get past him. And also for his age, he's incredibly quick. And one of the one of the highlights of the season for me was when we played Everton yeah. and there was a ball over the top. Richarlison is what twenty <laughs> and pretty quick, outrun by a thirty-two-year-old. German Greek bloke so uh, yeah I love him and I think he's definitely in the top three for me okay the other one then of our we think the real front one is our in terms of this uh, player of the season is, is Etienne Capu and again we've seen him for a few seasons now and this is a, a, has, been a, has been a complete season for him yeah I think so I think you look at the other two candidates um Colin was talking about Roma and Olympiacos and Ben Foster's been at Man United. Capu was bought by Spurs because he, he was a player with great potential and great ability. And I think he's found a home at Watford. And I think he's found a role in this squad this season in, in the environment with the rest of the players, with the management where he has kind of stepped up to being, to being a leader. And I think, you know, all the excitement around Akure being our star central midfielder, Capu's, even today, you know, watching him today, he's... His moves around like he's not putting that much effort in, but he's everywhere. He's clearing headers. It's not just doing the nice passes and the stuff that you associate with Kapu. This season he's really mucked in. He's got involved. He's, he's, he's reached a level consistently where he had played in, in bits in previous seasons where you went, wow, he's a really good player. And then he'd be anonymous the next game or would be so great. Uh, but this season he's just, been, he's just maintained that level, which is, which is why for me he is my favourite or my, my, he'd be my choice not not because Holobas or because Foster have done anything to not deserve it I just think in his position in the middle of the pitch he's been supreme I think is the word I'd use yes 100% <laughs> agree with Geordie every single word the thing about Kapu that has really surprised me this season is uh, he's got more interceptions than most other players he's in the top three I think in the Premier League don't really don't really associate that with Kapu in previous seasons but his passing I mean when he's on form and he's been on form for a really long time all through the winter job yeah. we didn't expect when that the sun wasn't shining exactly. he was on form uh, again credit to Javi obviously got hold of him said I need you you know you're technically one of the best players here you're one of the more experienced players you've got to you know you're going to play in this slightly deeper role he hasn't scored a goal this season he maybe scored one but um, that's because he's sitting deeper he's he's the midfield general but also he is a leader on the pitch and we haven't really seen that but he's a leader in a very interesting way unlike Jose who's like some crazed headmaster with a cane in his hand (laughs) Kapu is like a sort of a uh, benign grandfather who comes around and, and gives you a clip on the ear if you're not quite doing what you're doing has a little gentle word in your ear but he means it and they know he means it and they respond to him because he has been for me our outstanding player all season long it's not really a debate about who it's going to be I think we're quite clear it will be Mr Etienne Capu from, uh, from the from the rookie end is the well, least Mike, choice Mike and Jace and Kira might have different views no, no, we'll decide <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, but yeah it's, it, we are we focus on three there who, who else no, you know, Jerry you've got to think about because of the, the moments he's done and his really recent run of form scoring plenty of goals especially uh, those two in the in the cup semi-final Troy again but more like just a continuation of what we've known and, and love from Troy but if you had to have a wild Wild card choice. Who would be your wild card, Colin? Two for me. I think one is Jerry, because without him, we wouldn't be going to Wembley on the 18th of May, which I don't think any of us thought we would be doing at the beginning of the season. And his appearance in that single game changed 
possibly the history of the club. So you've got to you've got to improve. You've got to put him in there as a wild card. The other one is Cathcart, who's been ever present and for the most part has been really consistent, a really good, solid, old school central centre half who's done really well against some pretty brilliant forward players that he's had to come up against, uh, and, he, and he's done well. But for me, if I had to pick a wild card, I'd have to go for for his magic, you know. <laughs> Jordan, who's your wild card choice? Uh, I think, like, to Colin's point, to build on that, I don't think there's many players who have had bad seasons, so you could look at players like uh, Kiko, you could look at Pereira, who at the start of the season looked like he's going to be a shoe-in, and then it's kind of tailed off, I think, with the all the travelling with Argentina and a few knocks he took, but... You know, traditionally I pick a, a player who uh, is perhaps not a serious candidate. But and if you do remember from a few seasons yeah. ago, uh, Geordie's choice of player of the season was Stephen Burkhouse, yeah. mainly for uh, giving up a year of his career to be with Watford. Yeah, he, he, he sacrificed his career because we were going to play wingers and we didn't and we stayed up. <laughs> and then uh, I gave it to Dekure after that, after he joined, he came into the team in, uh, in January and just kind of showed that he, he, he was going to be the fulcrum of the team going forward. And that's proven correct. So this season, I think I'd give it to Andre Gray. Uh, and you know we spoke about the, the, the genuine candidates, and it's all about improvement. And Andre Gray, uh, you know, we talk about Ben Foster, Man United, Capu, Spurs, all these players that played at big teams five years ago. While they were doing that, Andre Gray was playing non-league football for some uh, outfit up the road on the M1, <laughs> right? Um, and and since then he's had not a meteoric career, but he's he's done it in stages. So he you know went to Brentford again in the championship again a kind of money ball kind of thing a, a team that would take a punt on a player from lower down did well enough there to get a big move to Burnley again not a team that's renowned for playing beautiful football and then he's come to us and, it, and it's been a difficult season last season was one in six this season he's got one in three he's come off the bench he, he, since Dean he's been uh, suspended he's been the big man up front because De La Faye is not going to do that and he, and, he, and he misses a lot but he gets in those positions and if you look at his trajectory of improvement if he continues to improve over the next couple of years if he continues to improve like a non-league player to a Premier League player if he can, if he can improve his finishing and his movement or, or his runs then, then he's, he's going to be an, an excellent centre forward so, and, and he's got a pop star girlfriend so you know, he's, got, he's got to live up to it so I think I think kind of tongue in cheek one I think you know, Andre Gray is, is a player that we should get recognition for the effort and the improvement We'll see what happens in the, in the vote uh, when it kicks off uh, to see which Watford player will be named the player of the season for all Watford fans. But for our choice, it's going to be Etienne Capu. You're listening to From the Rookery End. Who would be your wild card, Mike? I mean, we, we, in that whole bit, we didn't talk about Decore. It's not really a wild card one. I think it's probably going to disappoint you a little bit. It's, it's probably a bit more obvious than you're looking for, but he's not going to win it. But I think Will Hughes continues to prove that he is a, a really, really strong signing and he's got no issues making the step up from Championship to, to Premier League. He puts himself about, he's strong, um, and I think he can, still comes a surprise to, to, to opposition pl- uh, players and he, he complements our, our other midfielders quite well. He gives us some, some steel and bite where... Where, where, where we need it so I think I think I don't think Will Hughes has let us down at all when he's been in the side this year and I'm, uh, I'm glad that he's uh, perhaps a wild card for, for best best Pozzo signing as opposed to oh, uh, yeah. as opposed to um, as opposed to player of the season but yeah I think he's been he's been solid he's been up there and uh, I've been I'm always impressed with him when he plays so yeah I'll give a little uh, a little little doff of the cap doff of the cap yeah. to uh, to Mr Hughes so we off we off we go to uh, Stamford Bridge uh, next Sunday uh, because they've got this European thing to be done they're not all that they've got Eden Hazard 
But we could get something from that. This seventh place might might not actually be out of the way. Fulham might be a really annoying and, and ruin things for Wolves. I mean, is that rhetorical? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think you know. I think before the semi-final, uh, I forget. I think I bumped into like a Wolves fan and chatting to a Wolves fan before the the semi-final. And we were like, you know, who's going to win or who's going to win, mate? You know, and, uh, uh, and we kind of said, whoever the loser can have seventh. And it, I mean, it, obviously, it wasn't binding, but it looks like it looks. Did like, you handshake? Yeah, I think I don't know. I think we might have just like nodded. But I think um, I think it's pretty looking that way. To be honest, I think our, our last three home games we've picked up a point. You know, it was in our hands, but you know that's 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 football. The only reason it's in our hands is because we'd done well and exceeded expectations earlier in the season. So, you know, this isn't this isn't going to be a disappointing season. Let's just hope it ends in a high. Michael, though, uh, after Chelsea and, and, and West Ham, uh, last two games of the season, how are you feeling about maybe what we need out of those two games before we uh, head down Wembley Way to Wembley for the FA Cup final? Let's just keep saying that. Watford are in the FA Cup final. They are. But I said after the FA Cup final, I, I didn't think Javi would let us um, focus on the Cup final too early. So I'm going to refuse to do that as well. But but what we do need after, you know, after yeah, I think our bubble has been popped a little bit. I think we're all out, we're, we're back down to earth with, with if not a bang, then a little bump and a nudge. So we need good performances. We've just talked about Troy being being missing and how important he is. This is a good opportunity for him to come back and prove us right and and show that he is the missing cog that that, that gets the Watford wheel spinning again. Chelsea are there to be got at. It's a very, very difficult game. We thought we would get at Southampton. We thought we'd have a chance uh, against Wolves. Um, and we and we didn't do it. So away at Chelsea, on the face of it, is is much harder than either of those two fixtures. So they all need to step up. We need to get more from our big players. I'll say it again: we need more from Takoro, we need more from Pereira, we need more from um, Delafeu. Um, so two very very difficult games, Chelsea in particular. But they're there to be get out. And, and just imagine if we do get something there. If you pick up a win at Chelsea, it all flips over yeah. again, doesn't it? Um, but what did you play? Delafeu, you mentioned him. What was he doing? Chatting to the crowd about having a go at him did you see that no I didn't no, yeah, no so, uh, he, 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 everyone wanted to run run there get the ball get the ball get the ball and he didn't because he was being efficient with his energy and getting through 90 minutes <laughs> like, like me and he sort of I don't know what on earth he said but he was literally shouting at the crowd yeah. get off my back or something like that it was, yeah. it was a bizarre well, moment well that goes back to that is, that, I don't think that happens with Troy on the pitch I think I think they, they do, does tend to be that little lapses in, in discipline um, when things aren't going well you know you saw the, Holabas sort of ploughing his lonely furrow, grumpy furrow after, uh, towards the end there after the, after they scored and it looked like we we're going to lose and we need something to knit, knit, knit them together. So it's frustrating when you see those little things happen. I think that's what can happen to this Watford side. That's what we've seen happen before over the years. You know, I was thinking on the World Cup, this is our this is our end of season post dip. Luckily, it's very 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 small compared to the enormous ones we've had before. But we're starting to see those cracks and fissures in this in this Watford side, and what you mentioned there is, is a perfect illustration. They take their mind off what they're trying to achieve, off the goal of winning this match, off the goal of what they, they could deliver this season, and into their own little stroppy um, uh, way of dealing with it. Which you know we've all been there. We all throw bennies when we know we shouldn't have done, and we all make bad decisions. But that has been indicative of why we, why we failed before and I don't like to see that it annoys me I really don't like it I thought we I thought we were better than that I thought we moved on from that um, so what I want now is and what we have to have now is two big performances there's two big opportunities there Chelsea aren't the, the, the power they once were they've hopefully have they've got their eyes on the Europa League we've got our eyes on the FA Cup um, but let's go there they'll be expecting to win it our guys will be again I'll say it again they'll be wanting to put in a performance against one of the big six 
um, and then we come home to to West Ham to hopefully round it off in in style and go to um, go to Wembley with a spring in our step. But we must 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 reverse this sort of trajectory which has gone. Everything was going really well, and we've sort of we haven't shuddered to a halt. But we've, it feels like we've stumbled a little bit. Um, and I think the supporters need a, a bit of reinvigorating as well as the team. So time for a deep breath, let's lick, lick, lick our wounds. Things haven't gone as well as they wanted, as we anyone here would have wanted. So let's take our time. It's far from over. The fat lady's warming up, but she's not, she's not singing. Massive opportunity still here for this season. The players will be disappointed. Troy's coming back. Away at Chelsea. Bring it. Let's go. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week after Chelsea for another podcast for From the Rookery. Uh, please tell your friends at Wolf Podcast on social media. Come on, you all!